1: So your labor and delivery nurse is the one person that you won't actually meet ahead of your birth, but is the face you're likely to see the most of. I know, crazy, but it's okay. We bond pretty quickly, okay? (laughs) You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast where you'll gain the knowledge and confidence you need to erase the unknowns of pregnancy and birth and rock the newborn days like a boss. My name is Lisel Teen. I'm a fellow mom, labor and delivery nurse, and your host. Each week on this podcast, you'll hear a mix of birth stories, expert interviews, and other fun pregnancy and birth related content. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com disclaimer for more details. And now let's get into this week's episode. Happy 2022, you guys. I am so happy to be back here with you for this year's first podcast episode. I just wrapped up a week-long Instagram slash blog slash podcast slash work-free week, and I gotta say, while it was lovely taking a little mini break for my mental health and just unplugging for a week, you know, breaks are just always good for the soul, (laughs) I totally missed you guys. My week-long break made me realize that I do need to take little mini breaks more often. It really helps to just kind of clear your head, but it also made me realize that I absolutely love showing up for you all in every way possible. So this week on the podcast, I decided to start 2022 strong and come on solo for you all. I decided to do a whole episode dedicated to introducing your birth team. I get a decent amount of questions asking about the differences between like a midwife, and an OBGYN, what a labor and delivery nurse even does, and why the heck there are so many people in the delivery room when you deliver and what they do. (laughs) So we're going to be talking about all of that. So let's dive right in. Wondering what you need to do to stay on track during each week of pregnancy? Not sure what you need to be learning or researching along the way? I can help. Sign up for our free weekly pregnancy series to get tips, advice, and resources tailored to your exact week of pregnancy sent straight to your inbox every week. Sign up at mommylabornurse.com I am pregnant to get your first email today. See you in your inbox real soon. All right. So let's start off by talking about your birth team. And let me put it right out there that I know many of you probably already have a provider at this point. If you're already pregnant, you know, you've been seeing, seeing a provider, but I still feel like this is super relevant to talk about because some of you might still, you know, be in the first trimester and haven't find or found a provider yet. Some of you might not be presently pregnant and getting pregnant in the future. So I do want to go over this stuff. So let's discuss the different types of providers that can deliver baby. There are two main categories of providers that you can choose from for this job, an obstetrician or a midwife, and both come with their own set of benefits. And then after we talk about the differences between midwives and obstetricians, We're gonna talk about doulas. I know I've done episodes on doulas before, but we're gonna talk about kind of kind of the differences between a doula and a labor and delivery nurse too, like myself. So Obstetrician. An obstetrician is a medical doctor who went to medical school who specializes in the management of pregnancy, labor, and birth. They have specialized education in surgical care, focusing on the detection and management of the female reproductive system. They have specialized education in surgical care, focusing on the detection and management of the female reproductive system if obstetrical or gynecological problems occur. OBGYNs are required to attend and graduate from medical school, like I said, and then complete an additional four years of residency. OBGYNs are required to attend and graduate from medical school, like I said, and then complete an additional four years of residency training in obstetrics, gynecology, gynecology, oncology, ultrasonography, and preventative care. Lots of stuff. OBGYNs are kind of considered the norm when it comes to birth here in the United States. According to the National Center for Health Statistics, around nine out of 10 births are attended by an OBGYN here. An OBGYN may be your only option if your pregnancy is considered high risk. Remember that. Or you have other known complications that requires more specific or specialized attention. So according to the American Medical Association, benefits to choosing an OBGYN include they have specialized training to manage high high-risk complications such as preeclampsia or placenta previa, lots of different things here. According to the American Medical Association, benefits to choosing an OBGYN include Number one, specialized training to manage high-risk complications, such as preeclampsia, placenta previa, gestational diabetes, so many things here. Number two, specialized surgical training if a C-section is needed, meaning you may not need to switch providers if an emergency section is necessary, whereas if you're under midwifery care, you would. Midwives do not perform C-sections. Remember that. And finally, number three, the last benefit, you may also just be more comfortable with your current OBGYN caring for you this is a very common reason why women often choose the group that they're already in for their prenatal care if you are one of the 60 to 80% of women that experience a low risk pregnancy, care from an OBGYN is not considered medically necessary. According to the American pregnancy, pregnancy Association, for these women, especially if you desire an unmedicated birth, using an OBGYN may not be the best fit. OBGYNs are trained to take a more proactive, medical approach to prenatal care. They often do a lot of preemptive testing and respond more to your physical needs during your pregnancy and less to your emotional needs. Of course, this can vary from provider to provider, of course. And there are midwives that are not you know, taking into consideration your emotional needs. This is very, very provider uh, dependent. So there are increased rates of episiotomy, induction, assisted delivery, and C-sections in births attended by OBGYNs compared to midwives. However, it's important to remember that this data is inherently skewed because midwives generally do not care for or attend the births of high risk pregnancies, which in a high risk pregnancy, you are just more likely to have these things happen. All of this is to say that OBGYNs are not bad, you guys. I love my OBGYN and I work with a team of fabulous providers, but I also really like to educate moms about the option of midwifery care because it's an awesome option for low-risk moms and is much less talked about. So let's go into midwives now. So a midwife is a practitioner who's medically trained and specializes in women's health. They provide care related to pregnancy, childbirth, reproductive health, gynecology, family planning, fertility, menopause, and more. Here in the United States, there are actually a few different types of midwives. Unlike other countries, midwifery licensing is pretty complex. In other countries, typically there is only one way to go about getting your midwifery license and one set of standards. In the United States here, there are a few different ways to go about it, it. and it's important to recognize this when choosing your midwife. It's very important for you as a patient to understand how your midwife is licensed or not licensed and I'll get into that. This will help you in selecting the best care possible for you during your pregnancy. Okay, so here's what you need to know. So let's first talk about Certified Nurse Midwives, CNMs. They offer complete prenatal care as well as attending births. They have a bachelor's degree in nursing from an accredited institution. They also have a master's degree in nurse midwifery. They are certified by the American College of nurse midwives, they are eligible to become licensed in all 50 states here. They can practice in hospitals and OB offices, but their scope also allows them to provide care in any birth setting but they cannot perform cesarean deliveries and in most cases do not perform vacuum or forceps deliveries. Generally, they only care for low-risk pregnancies and they most often deliver in a hospital setting and are affiliated with a physician, but they do occasionally attend home births. So let's now talk about certified midwives. So a certified midwife is different from a certified nurse midwife, CM. So they offer complete prenatal care as well attending births, they do have bachelor's degree from an accredited institution. Their bachelor's degree is not in nursing, though, and this is the big difference. They do have master's degrees, just like CNM's in nurse midwifery. They are certified by the American College of Nurse Midwives, and they're a relatively new specialty and are currently only licensed in a couple of states. They can practice in hospitals and OB offices, but their scope also allows them to provide care in any birth setting. Setting. They also cannot perform C-section deliveries, but in most cases, they also don't perform vacuum or forceps deliveries. They also care for low-risk pregnancies, and most still deliver in a hospital and are affiliated with a physician, but they can can do home births as well. All right, so now let's talk about direct entry midwives. This is three of four different types of midwives. So direct entry midwives provide complete prenatal care. They specialize in attending births at freestanding birth centers and home births. They practice independently, and they have learned midwifery through a midwifery school, apprenticeship, or a college program in midwifery. But no national licensing or certification is available. Each state does have its own legal legal requirements for education and licensing, if any. And then finally, we have traditional slash lay slash empirical slash community based midwives. So these midwives are not certified or licensed as a midwife, but they have received informal training through self study or apprenticeship. Training is not regulated, therefore, their ability. Obviously may vary. Generally, they do not deliver babies in a hospital. I don't think I've ever seen where, you know, it was allowed to, to employ a, a lay midwife. They attend home births and they may practice in a birth center. All right. So we talked about OBGYNs, that OBGYNs attend nine out of 10 births. And so the the one out of 10 births here in the United States, midwives pretty much attend the rest. In 2017, midwives attended around 9.1 of all U.S. births, a percentage that is actually on the rise as more knowledge about midwifery care is spreading. So let's talk a little bit about the midwife's model of care. So the midwife's model of care is based on the fact that pregnancy and birth are normal life events. The midwife's model of care includes monitoring the physical, psychological, and social well-being of the mother throughout the childbirth childbearing cycle. It also includes providing the mother with individualized education, counseling, and prenatal care, continuous hands-on assistance during labor and delivery and postpartum support, minimizing technological interventions, and identifying and referring women who require obstetrical attention. That's very important. Midwives are very, very good at what they do. But it's also just as important to be able to assess a woman in labor and recognize that, oh, I got to refer this lady out. So all of this combined together, this application of this model has been proven to reduce the incidence of birth injury, trauma, and cesarean section. And according to the American College of Nurse Midwives, Benefits of receiving midwifery care include a decreased risk of needing a C-section, reduced rates of labor induction and augmentation, reduced use of regional anesthesia, decreased infant mortality rates, lower risk of preterm birth, decreased third and fourth degree perineal tears, lower costs for both clients and insurers, increased chances of having a positive start to breastfeeding, and increased satisf- satisfaction or with the quality of care. Midwifery care is only a good fit though if your pregnancy is considered low risk. It's also very important to understand that if during your birth assistance is needed or an emergency section is necessary, you will no longer be in the care of your midwife. Midwifery care is covered under insurance in the same way that all of your prenatal care is covered. It will be billed in the same manner as if you receive care by an OBGYN, assuming that the practice is covered by your insurance of course, midwives are known for taking a more hands-off sort of wait-and-see kind of approach with an emphasis on psychological care while still taking you and baby safety seriously, of course. Some moms take comfort in more of a medical proactive approach that an OBGYN might take, though, and may find the approach of midwives frustrating. When it comes to OBGYNs and midwives, I truly don't think one is necessarily better than the other. Only you can know what type of care that will make you feel most comfortable and confident during pregnancy and birth and postpartum. That's why I always encourage you to interview um, providers and, you know, you really just kind of have to get a feel for people. All right, the sound of that baby crying means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. All right, I have a natural V back, uh, V back Birth It Up baby for you today. So this mom says, "I bought your natural birth course for my second baby. I wanted to try for a natural V back. I was two days away from my due date, six centimeters dilated. Wow, and just had my third membrane sweep that afternoon. Contractions finally started and escalated quickly. They were three minutes apart, and we." headed to the hospital. I focused on the breathing techniques you talked about during contractions and pushing. It was less than an hour after getting to the hospital and less than 15 minutes of pushing that our baby boy was born. Natural V back success. Woohoo! Thank you so much for creating your course and all your Instagram content. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. I love these as always. You can always tag me on Instagram. um, if you have a birth it up baby to share and send send these in the dm i love 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 reading them you can always send them to me via email too but i read i read every single one and i truly enjoy reading them to you guys here on the podcast too if you want to check out the course that this mom took she took birth it up the natural series and you can head over to mommy and click on the natural series to learn more all right let's get right back into this week's episode all right, so now let's talk about doulas. So If you guys have listened to the podcast before, I've had some doulas on, um, to talk about their, you know, the role that a doula does, but let's just briefly kind of go over what they, what, who they are and what, what sort of things they do. So a doula is a labor support person who helps you during your labor and birth. And sometimes even with postpartum care as well, many times they've been formally trained in childbirth and have taken a licensure exam, but this is not required to become a doula. Actually, anyone can tell technically be a doula or refer to themselves as a doula. However, the best doulas in my opinion, have been trained and officially licensed through Dona International. While doulas are birth professionals, it is important, of course, to remember that they are not medical professionals. My advice to you guys, unless you are using a family member or a friend as a doula, of course, you know, they 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 could be much, much more helpful and more beneficial in your birth space than a paid doula. But my advice is always don't pay anyone to be your doula unless they've been through some training first. So a doula's purpose throughout your labor and birth is to be your support person, your number one person in there to support you. Their roles include helping with position changes, coaching you through your breathing, during your contractions, relaxation methods, massage, keeping the room filled with positive vibes. That is a skill (laughs) for sure, helping with breastfeeding and bonding after delivery. Many actually have their certified lactation counselor certificate as well. Doulas usually actually meet with you during your pregnancy and interview you on how you envision your labor experience to be. They help create your birth plan and ask questions to determine your exact needs during labor. These ladies are usually on call for you around your due date and make themselves available once you believe that you need them. Sometimes, this is right away when you are one centimeter dilate and you, you know, all of a sudden start having contractions. Sometimes it's when you are more in active labor. Some doulas will come to your house and travel with you to your birthplace. Others will meet you at your location of delivery, whether it be your own home, a birth center, or the hospital. So one of the most popular questions I get when I start talking about doulas is like, why can't my partner Husband, my significant other, just be my doula. So, in short, no, (laughs) not at all. Like I said, doulas are most often certified birth professionals. And if they're certified, they've attended dozens, maybe even hundreds of births before yours. They bring a unique skill set to your birth and are solely focused on supporting you. Um, My husband was great during both of our births, but there's something to be said about having somebody who you know, has a little bit more experience than just your husband or your significant other. Doulas and partners are not interchangeable people here. (laughs) Your partner may provide you with an exceptional amount of labor support, and a doula is really just there to enhance that experience. They're masters at teaching partners on how to provide pain management and emotional support to birthing moms. Having a doula during delivery also offers your partner a bit of a break if he or she needs one. A lot of partners feel more confident during birth with a doula as part of their team, My husband certainly did. I can definitely, definitely say that 100%. So are they worth it? So of course that's debatable. Of course, I would never sit here and say everyone should have a doula. And that's mostly because of the cost. If doulas were covered by insurance, then my answer would be why not have one? Of course, everybody needs a doula. <laughs> but if you can afford it, I think a doula can be a wonderful addition to any birth team, especially if you have certain birth goals or fears that you want to overcome. Taking a look at some of the positive research and birth outcomes associated with births where women had doula support is really helpful to understanding their role here. So let's do that. According to one of the largest studies and reviews on labor outcomes published in two 2011 and cited by Dona International, women with doula support during labor and delivery were. 28% less likely to have a C-section, 31% less likely to use synthetic oxytocin pitocin to speed up labor, 34% less likely to rate their childbirth experience negatively, and 9% less likely to use any pain medication. And the data was summarized by evidence-based birth. So I'll read this excerpt from, from them. I love their blog and all their stuff by the way shout out to evidence-based birth (laughs) so evidence-based evidence-based birth summarized and said overall people who receive continuous support were more likely to have spontaneous vaginal births and less likely to have any pain medication epidurals negative feelings about childbirth vacuum, or forceps-assisted births, and cesareans. In addition, their labors were shorter by about 40 minutes, and their babies were less likely to have low APGAR scores at birth. There is a smaller amount of evidence that doula support in labor can lower postpartum depression in mothers, and there is no evidence for negative consequences to continuous labor support, which makes sense. I mean, Really? There's not, there's not going to be any negative consequences to having someone constantly supporting you. I mean, that sounds great, right? <laughs> the results of this study mean that if a birthing person has continuous labor support, that is someone who never leaves their side, both mothers and babies are statistically more likely to have better outcomes. How amazing. So I am a big fan of Facebook, word of mouth, when it comes to finding a great doula in your area. Join your local mom's group on Facebook. Read through some of the previous threads about doulas in the areas. There's, I mean, there's a ton of them on there. Ask other moms who are in the areas who's good and who in the area is not so good. I truly think that this is an even better way to find a doula than just a simple Google search. Although, of course, you can go the Google Google route as well. If you do decide to hire a professional doula, there is a pretty significant price tag involved. The cost varies from state to state, but generally it will be somewhere in the range of $500 to $2,500, with the higher end of, of the range being more of the norm. And I know that is a lot of money. Um you know nobody wants to just drop that amount of money right before they have a baby but you have to understand that most doulas do see you a few times during your third trimester and they're also on call around your due date and they may even include some postpartum check-ins as well so this price usually covers all of this support so personally i didn't choose to hire a professional doula during either of my births however I was lucky. I did have one of my good friends and co-workers, labor and labor and delivery nurse to help me support me to help support me during my first labor. My husband was wary definitely at first about having someone extra in the room but after our experience, he will admit that it was such a great decision, guys. My labor and delivery nurse was amazing during my first birth, but having my friend there acting as my doula was so wonderful because she was able to offer extra emotional and physical support that neither my husband nor my nurse could. Many of us labor and delivery nurses have been through doula training. Raising my hand here, I'd have definitely been through a doula training before. So we know how to support a mom as a doula would, and we use those principles in our practice. But our first and foremost responsibility to you is to provide medical care. And that is exactly where a doula will fill in the gaps here. I honestly have not heard many women say that they regret hiring a doula. The only time I have heard women say that is when they've hired a not so good one that they just don't, jive with and they, you know, they felt like she was abrasive or their personalities don't really mix. So the bottom line here is that you certainly don't need a doula if you cannot afford one. And I definitely don't want you to go into debt to hire a doula, of course, but if you can't afford one and you truly want that extra constant support, I say go for it. Definitely pro doula here at mommy labor nurse. All right. So that brings the conversation to labor and delivery nurses. Ding, 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 me raising my hand. That's who I am. (laughs) So your labor and delivery nurse is the one person that you won't actually meet ahead of your birth, but is the face you're likely to see the most of. I know, crazy, but it's okay. We bond pretty quickly, okay? (laughs) Labor and delivery nurses care for you during your entire labor and birth, and they are there for every inch of it, okay? Basically, we are there when you check in and we stay with you until about two hours after birth. And in most hospitals, you have you'll have one nurse assigned to you for your entire birth. But of course, if your birth spans over several shifts, we usually do, you know, a seven to seven shift or a seven to three or three to seven or three to eleven. There's a lot of different shifts, but most of the time it's a seven to seven. So if your birth spans over that 7 p.m. or 7 a.m. period, you might switch nurses during your stay at at some point. Labor and delivery nurses are there to educate you on the delivery process as it's happening, we're looking ahead to the next step. Okay. And we are available to answer any questions that you have about your labor and birth. We're responsible for monitoring baby's heartbeat and mom's vital signs throughout all stages of labor. And we act as a first responder to any complications that might arise. Beyond that, we also act as your birth coach and are available to support you during your labor. We help with positioning, suggesting different pain management techniques coaching youth during pushing and so much more. We also assist OBGYNs and midwives during your vaginal birth, during the actual delivery and your C-section birth as well. We serve as kind of the circulatory nurse in the OR. And if for some reason baby is coming and your provider doesn't make it into the room in time, this has happened. It does happen. (laughs) We've even been known to catch a baby or two, even me. Yes, definitely, definitely caught a baby or two. That's that definitely happens. They, they Sometimes they come in, come in real quick. <laughs> if you need any medication during your birth or immediately after, we do take care of administering those medications as well. During that immediate postpartum period, we will care for you and even support you in the first feeding after birth. In some hospitals, labor and delivery nurses also care for you during the entire postpartum period, providing infant care and more extensive breastfeeding support. Other hospitals have dedicated dedicated postpartum nurses and or baby nurses for that so it it might be worthwhile to just ask what your hospital does if you're curious Uh, personally the hospital that I work at we we're a bigger hospital so we split up um, we split up you know our labor and delivery nurses and our postpartum nurses although I have been known to float over to postpartum you know here and there sometimes when they when they need some help we'll send some labor and delivery nurses over there Okay, so now that we've gone over some of these different roles, let's talk about who is in there right when the action happens, okay? Because this is a common thing that I hear from people. They're like, I didn't know there was, you know, when it was time to have my baby. I didn't know that all these people were going to rush into my room. <laughs> so I try to, uh, when I'm you know on shift with you and I'm taking care of you, I try to let you know that up front that like, hey, there might be a few extra people in the room. So let's talk about that right now. So even if your nurse taking care of you at the time doesn't let you know about that, you heard it right here from Mommy Libra Nurse, okay? So in comes your provider and your support, path, support staff. I begin when you know, if we're about to push this baby out, I begin by calling your provider, your doctor, your midwife, whoever is, you know, on on that day. And I'm also calling a few extra nurses to your room as well. Generally, if there are no complications that we're aware of at the time, I'll call my charge nurse and a newborn specialist to take care of your baby once you deliver. And usually also a scrub tech or nurse aide will come to your room as well if one is available. So my charge nurse is there to help with any extra computer charting. She's there to offer an extra set of hands for those last few pushes and for moral support. She's also very importantly there if there is an emergency that arises. She's there to assist. The newborn specialist is there to do just what i said take care of baby she's usually designated to assign apgars she's there to dry and stimulate baby suction baby and get baby skin to skin if able and i'm saying she but there might be some male nbsp's or male labor and delivery nurses out there too i just had one on a couple of weeks ago so i'm sorry i'm saying she all right so nbsp uh speaking I am fully able to assume this role. Your labor nurse is fully able to assume this role if there is no baby nurse available at the time. All L&D nurses are trained in neonatal resuscitation immediately after birth. So no worries there if, if if a newborn specialist is not available, but we like to have one there if they are. All right, so you are pushing baby out, and there's these extra nurses in here, a scrub tech, and your provider is there, but sometimes we do have some even extra people in there, so sometimes um, if you deliver at a teaching hospital, you might have a few extra providers in there if that's okay with you. There might be some medical students in there if that's okay with you, Um and if you are a little bit more high risk, and we've deemed that we need some extra baby people there, sometimes we call the NICU if you have a NICU a NICU at your hospital, and we call a NICU team at your to be available at your birth. So that would mean a neonatologist is there, a doctor is there, or a nurse practitioner nurse practitioner is there, and a respiratory uh, tech is there as well. So I know that's a ton of people and sometimes that scares people too. all of a sudden, you know, there's it was just me and you and your partner and then there's all these extra people. But we are there, you know, just in in case an emergency arises We're we'd rather be all hands on deck just in case something happens instead of having to call people to come in. Alright, guys, so that is it for this episode, this first episode of 2022. Thanks for joining me as always. This little solo episode, nice and nice and quick and easy for you. I love these nice, nice, quick and easy ones where it's just me, you know, rambling on about something. <laughs> so I will see you guys same time, same place next week. Right, guys, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and letting me be a part of your motherhood journey. It is truly an honor. If you like what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And I love hearing what you guys think of the podcast. So if you're liking what you hear or you have a suggestion, I'd be so grateful if you'd go ahead and leave me a review wherever you're listening to help more mamas just like you find the show. What do you think? Are you starting to feel a little more confident about your pregnancy and birth? Well, if you want more, be sure to head on over to mommylabornurse.com podcast for today's show notes and a library of episodes, so you can keep getting educated before your upcoming birth. And while you're over there, be sure to check out the blog and learn about our online birth classes. Find it all and more over at MommyLaborNurse.com/podcast. See you next week, same time, same place.
0: Mother's Day is almost here.